You are listening to the Some Good Content Podcast, a swipe file of proven content plays shared by some of the most successful content marketers out there doing the work. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. Hey, everyone. My guest today is Gail Axelrod. She's the Director of Content Marketing at Drift. So excuse everyone in advance for my fanboying because I've been a big fan of Drift's content for, I mean, years now since DC first started the company. And I know they've always taken a different approach to content, both in channels and just execution. So I'm super excited to have Gail on. Gail's been there for a few years now. So welcome, Gail. As I told you earlier, yeah. it's it's great to finally, quote unquote, meet as, <laughs> as, as, as good as you can meet someone in the middle of a uh, global pandemic. But it, it's great to have you on and, and geek out on Drift. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, I'm excited to be here and chat about content, which I love. So thank you so much. And what did you say? How long has it been now, Drift? Did you say two and a half years? Oh, like two and a half years, yeah. Which which a company like Drift, right? That probably feels like yeah, a decade. Yeah, they right? were founded in uh, 2015. So um, kind of like start joined at the halfway point in right. terms of where we are now. I think there were like 120 people when I joined and we're closing in on 400. How's it been? Like, how's the remote transition been? Yeah. Is- it's actually gone really well. Um, and Drift also announced at the beginning of this year that we're going to stay digital first, um, even after, you know, COVID ends or, you know, whatever the new normal is. Um, so, yeah, it's been going really well. The te- the marketing team switched to Asana um, last January, and that I feel like was really instrumental in, you know, making this go as seamlessly as it has. So I think, um, yeah, we've we've all been working this way for almost a year now. So it's working. Yeah, I saw DC's David Cancel for for listeners who might not know CEO at founder and CEO at Drift. I saw his email, and I think it was like a LinkedIn post before that, yep. a couple of weeks ago. And and what did he say? My my Siri from my watch wanted to be on the podcast, <laughs> and I, I he said something about like the offices will be converted to like a meeting space or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so conversation spaces, so you don't have to go into the office ever, um, but they're they're there for you know like deep work if you need to get out of your house if your you know kids are doing remote learning or whatever um, still, or if you have like more collaborative things you need to get done and you need like to book a space, but your office, your individual workspace is going to be at your house. That's awesome, especially yeah. for a company like Drift leading the way on that. I know HubSpot yeah. has said similar things, um, but yeah, that's that's a admirable play from from hyper growth companies to make that call. Um, but yeah, Gail is going to come on today and kind of geek out on content and Drift, what's working, you know, what the what the best, you know, what the most impactful content channels are, the distribution channels, and what plays have been effective over the last six to twelve months. So, Gail, let's start with like just the content channels in general, what has been, you know, what have been some of the most impactful content channels or mediums for Drift? Yeah, I would definitely say books. Um, we we don't call them eBooks. We call them books. We think they're, they're <laughs> you know, they deserve to be elevated <laughs> a right. little bit. Um, uh, so those have been really impactful, both in terms of, you know, driving leads um, and engagement, organic traffic, we actually post the full contents of what you would traditionally deliver in a PDF. Um, We post it as one uh, long scrolling page on our website. So we get the SEO boost, but then we also use the drift bot to collect, you know, your email if you do want to walk away and have like a glossy PDF download. So it kind of serves the both purposes. And it's the best of both worlds, because we're not, I mean, anything with drift, we never 
throw up a long form. That's the beauty of, you know, conversational marketing. And we're taking that to heart with how we deliver our own content. So you don't have to submit your information to read the, the, the books. Yep. They're all open um, on the website. If you want to take it home, you know, in an email or save it or right. just read it in a different layout, you can um, submit your email to the bot and you'll receive an email copy, which is like the standard PDF. I like that play better because then you get you get the SEO benefit. Essentially, what you're doing is you're publishing pillar pages, right? Exactly. That are yeah, tens of thousands are, of words. Exactly. The, most of our books are like 30 pages long. So think of all of that content and all this right. when you have for keywords. And then do you create blog content that kind of points back to it and, you know, gives pieces of it, you know, away? I mean, it's all free, but give pieces of it away that drive people to the to the book? Yeah. So we're still kind of working on that um, because we publish the full contents. You know, ordinarily, you could just like rip off a direct chapter as a blog post and then have a CTA to the download. <laughs> right. But because it's already published, we don't want duplicative content or duplicate content and to be doing that way. So we need to be a little bit more creative. Um, but we do usually post like a pretty generic, like, Hey, we just wrote a book. Here it is. Um, and then we're also going to work on a cadence where we have like two or three posts directly related to each book. That's not a direct ripoff from the book. You right. know, that provides other value. And right. if you want to more in depth, then you can get the book. What's the strategy behind what the topics are behind the books? I would imagine you're trying to find things obviously that have some search volume, but also are pretty well aligned with the product. Totally. Yeah. So, um, like I said, we, the marketing team switched to Asana, um, for project management at the beginning of last year. At the same time, we also rolled out integrated marketing campaigns. So, um, we now get together as a marketing team, maybe like six or eight weeks before the start of the next quarter and align on what the campaigns programs offers and channels are going to be. And so it's really, the full team figuring out, okay, what are the main like campaigns and themes that we want to touch on? And do we already have existing content for those? How can we repurpose or repackage or repromote? Or do we need to create net new or update existing stuff? So it's kind of like a team effort based on um, a new feature or a new product or sure. solution that we're launching. And then also there's kind of the evergreen topics that are always relevant to our audience because you know we market to sales people and marketers. And in terms of the approach, so if you have like a new feature coming out, do you and you and you want to do like a a book around it? Is it kind of like a really comprehensive? You cover everything, including defining maybe what the subject area is, uh, best practices. Like it's super comprehensive. Like, is there an outline that you found that works that is repeatable across all of these? So definitely no. We we're still you know we we do a lot, and so I feel like often strategy is it's kind of, we're doing everything at the same time. Right. So we, it's not that formulaic. Um, but we are realizing that we do need more bottom of funnel content that's more like product related. So we've built out our, you know, we have a, a product marketer, a content marketer who's directly focused on content. We're working on more like long form uh, product content, onboarding content. So I think that's still very much a work in progress yeah see everybody listening see you don't have to have it all figured out like drift is right killing it and you know they're, they're still as they go right ironing out the processes um so would you say the team spends more resources on that than like say the blog because it's essentially they do the same thing right you're attracting people to the site through seo there's conversion mechanisms you know how, do, how does that how does that balance work 
Yeah, I actually think we it's probably equal. I think if we do like a survey or research report, I think that obviously is a little bit more um, time consuming. And especially if you look at like hours per Mm. piece, then obviously more hours go into like a 30 page book than a blog post. But we publish five days a week. Um, So there is a tremendous amount of tremendous amount of work that goes into the blog and our managing editor, editor Molly Sloan just does an amazing job. Um, So we have you know, she's obviously not writing her, um, all of it, but a lot of it is like the team members and then she edits it or we have some freelancers that we work with. So it's just the volume is tremendous. Right. 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 Are you guys publishing every day or several times a week? Yeah. I mean, every business day, every business day, Monday, Friday. Um, and so talk about distribution, like what's been the most impactful distribution channels for drift? I think social, I mean, obviously is, is always a really good one, um, for the books. We've, we've seen a lot of success on specific books with paid, um, social will also include all of our books in our nurtures, which do well. And then, you know, on the day of launch or the week of launch, we send a dedicated email to, you know, subsets of our database. So I think it's, it's not one channel in particular, but it's, it's everything. Um, for the blog, we have a newsletter that's, uh, very popular. Um, it's one of three newsletters that the content team runs. So, and then, I mean, organic is a huge driver of traffic to the blog. I think right. that's kind of what you want. Right. And when you say social, organic social? Organic social. We don't do paid social for the blog. We did a very small test on that. The digital team did a very small test on that, but it's organic social. Um, and then paid social for our books has been successful in for terms books. of okay. you know, generating leads and generating the right people. And obviously we do organic social as well too. Right. All right. So you do the paid stuff for the books and probably some direct product stuff, I would assume as well. Um, and then you have the conversion mechanism on the on the books, which is the bot, right? So how, how yep. is the bot different, say, on a book than it is like on a blog post? Yeah, the blog post, it might just be more generic. So it might not be directly related to the content that you're reading. Whereas on the book, it pops up and says, hey, do you want to get this emailed to you, you know, it's more directly related to the exact right. thing that you're doing. Right, right. And the nurturing, I would assume is a little different afterwards. Yeah, you'll get an email. Um, and then you'll probably get pushed into a different nurture stream. But yeah. the digital team handles that. Right, right. Cool. So let's let's jump into the actual plays that you shared. Um, and uh, the first one relates to what you've already talked about, which, which is books. Um, so yeah, content play number one, you talked about using you wrote ebooks, but uh, books. <laughs> I wanted to be specific for you. <laughs> as cornerstone pieces. Yeah, because at first I was like, books, man, as a marketing channel, you guys are next level. Well, like, we do do books. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah you books. Several books, right? Well, Drift has published uh, a few. Yeah, we've self published um, a few. And then we had a publishing deal with Wiley um, for conversational marketing which is like an actual book. You can go on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles or any bookstore and get it, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I was. I actually have a quote in the book somewhere, so um, n- n- no big deal. Uh, but yeah, so books as the cornerstone pieces that roll up and down into other content offers. We've kind of hit on a couple of these things already, but what, what else can you tell us about that play? You listed it as number one, so obviously that's been a, 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 you know, a, a big one for you over the last six to 12 months. Yeah. Um, so we also have insider, which is basically like our members only content community. You need either account or a drift account. Um, and so 
some of the book content is then broken down into there or, you know, added as part of certifications. Um, for instance, like we have a virtual event certification that we just did, which is basically a training. Um, and part of that is the book. We can also use blog posts that are related to the book to also promote the certification. So it's kind of this like cyclical idea. Right. Mark Killens, my boss, kind of calls it the the content solar system where everything <laughs> is revolving around everything, which I know is not how planets work, but right. <laughs> that's right. right. <laughs> not how planets work. Flywheel, right? Isn't that what other people refer to it as too, is the content flywheel? And we say the solar system. The solar yeah. system. Better yeah. be on brand. Yeah. That's our brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So how long has that been like a strategy for the, the books as a, as a marketing strategy? I mean, since when I started, I think, I mean, a lot of companies do, you know, eBooks are not a new thing at all. I think what is new is how we present them. And then, um, just to like get smarter about how we're reusing that content and not like recreating the wheel every month or quarter. Um, just, you know, we are, we have three full-time content marketers plus myself and then it's some freelancers. So right. we have a lot of content and we don't have a huge team. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, most people are still gating eBooks, I think at this point and calling them eBooks. So I think, yeah, the, the way that security you, white paper, right. Oh, geez. <laughs> What's the difference between a white paper and an ebook? Can you, can you, I mean, anybody listening, can anybody answer that? I, I don't even I know. Like white paper is like, it just depends on your audience. I'm sure someone has like a real definition, <laughs> but I was thought of like, me to write a white paper, I would just really roll my eyes. You would probably <laughs> write a book, write an ebook. Like, yeah, it's just like a very like human way of thinking about what's going to be engaging. Do you want to read this white paper? Yeah. It sounds so boring. What white papers are also con books also contain white paper. I always thought of them as they were supposed to be more technical. I I, yeah, I have no idea if that's fair. like you're sharing more, more like research. yeah or like a like a template or a spreadsheets. Or I don't know why I associate white papers with something more technical and clinical like that. But anyways, I don't know why. If you're calling them white papers, stop it. Um, but um, yeah, so the 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 books one is interesting just because the way you all are presenting them. Um, and how you're basically putting them on the side as a web page. Like I've, I've seen other people on them, but they're still PDFs. Whereas you all are getting the SEO benefit as for putting them as a web page, which is, which yep. is obviously a good play. Um, the second content play that's been working really well for you, you mentioned is podcasts. So obviously drift has invested heavily in podcasts since geez, like, <laughs> before drift had a product, it seems like, but yeah, talk about how that's evolved. Cause now you have like a whole you have like a whole just like production line of these podcasts. They're all yeah. branded the same. It all looks very uniform. Looks great. DC's back doing it. Like talk about podcasts and how that's leveraged. Yeah. So when I started, um, DG, Dave Gerhardt, uh, if you guys don't know him, he, um, was my boss when I first started and him and DC had this podcast called seeking wisdom. And he said, Gail, we do this podcast, but, you need to like force us to do it regularly. So that was kind of like my first task in addition to getting the blog. Who like, told you to do you know, that? More regularly. What? Who told you to do that? DG. He told you to make uh, make it more consistent? He yeah. said when I started, he said, your job is to publish a blog five days a week and make sure we record this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Every <laughs> and week. get us on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they started that and it was like hugely successful and they had this huge following um, and so we're like, okay, podcast is a really interesting channel. 
not everybody's doing it right now. Everybody has a blog, everybody has eBooks and books, white papers, blah, blah, whatever, um, webinars. But this is really interesting. Audio is super intimate. Um, you can listen on your commute. It's kind of something like in the background, just, I love podcasts. So, um, we started a few other shows. Um, they actually, before I started, ran a contest internally um, for drifters uh, to say like, okay, tell us why you should have your own podcast. And so I think the next one that we launched was Maggie Crowley's Build Podcast, um, which is like product managed, all things product related, and it's amazing. Um, and then we launched Growth with Matt Bellotti and then Operations with Sean Lane. So they're clearly not directly related to you know, the target buyer of Drift, but it's more like this halo, this brand halo around Drift, which is, you know, since the beginning been Drift's like marketing strategy of very top of funnel, very brand oriented. Um, and then when Trisha Gelman, our CMO joined a little over a year ago, we launched a podcast for her called CMO Conversations, um, which is, you know, marketed to CMO and other marketers, which is obviously more directly related. Um, so yeah, now we have five and I love the podcast. I think they're amazing. We've had some really amazing guests on and I would definitely recommend to any B2B company, if you don't already have a podcast, you should definitely look into it. You're not still in charge of getting all five podcasts recording every week, are you? <laughs> so, uh, our managing Andrew Molly, who I mentioned before, she's, she's in charge of the day-to-day -day with the podcast. Um, the three hosts of Build, Growth, and Ops, they actually run their own molly has built this like amazing kind of engine where it's really easy to do you know self-serve um and then she works a little bit more closely with trisha and, and i work with dc to make sure he doesn't blow off my uh, schedule recording <laughs> has, time has he been sure consistent since he came back yeah since he came back he's been really consistent um he publishes two episodes a month which i think is is a little bit you know easier of a cadence than yeah. it used to be every week which was very stressful because it obviously takes time to turn the audio around and then create social clips and video clips. So um, this feels like a good cadence for us. And because we have so many, there's two new shows coming out every week. It's just not every show coming out every week. Right, right. Probably, yeah, probably a lot easier for him. Um, and it seems like over time, too, the whole process has gotten more sophisticated. Like early on, you just published podcasts. Then it's kind of... Like I see LinkedIn posts, I see DC sends emails mentioning themes he mentioned in the podcast, like you mentioned um, in your write-up before before this episode, like newsletters, bylines, blog posts. The blog posts you've been doing for a little while, that was like the first step. But I feel like that's something missing from a lot of organizations' strategies is like, that's the hard part. Like, how do you incorporate it into the rest totally. of your marketing? Like, can the support team use that at all when customers ask about certain things? Like... What's the like, how, like how, have, how has Drift gone about doing that successfully? Yeah, I mean, I would just say like a podcast, the actual effort to get it produced is, has actually a lot of steps, but you know, you and I are doing a podcast now and aside from me, like forgetting my, you know, Skype login, <laughs> um, this is very seamless, right? You're just recording the audio. Yeah. So especially if you have like your CEO or your CMO and you're trying to get, you know, thought leadership from them, the easiest thing to do is just sit down with them and record them. And then you can take the recording and you can do so many different things with it. So you can use it for a podcast. You can publish the video on YouTube. You can turn it into a blog or a byline or use it as, 
you know, content for your newsletter. Um, and that's really what we've done with DC. Like it feeds all of these different yeah. and touch points for him, which I think has been, you know, successful. Today. He could curate a book at this point, just called Seeking. I know Seeking Wisdom is based off of another book, but he could curate a book on this point off of the insights and the little nuggets he shares on that podcast. Has that ever been talked about? It's uh, it's on my list. Don't oh, worry. it is. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, geez, like that. That would be like, uh, like I know he loves those Charlie Munger books. Um, yep. Exactly. It's like those really That's short, exactly. like the one little page. tiny lessons. Yeah. Yeah. So the one, uh, the kind of theme right now for the current like season, if you will, for uh, seeking wisdom is like twenty five things he wish he knew when he were younger. Um, I like that. And so we've we've interrupted the. 25 things with a few special episodes like to talk about why we went digital first and there will be a few other kind of random ones thrown in there until we finish all 25 but I also really like this idea of having a, a consistent theme or a season because I think it also makes topic development much easier yeah 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 I like that a lot listen you know they want to know like what's the next thing what's the next thing right right I like that a lot I like how Drift has incorporated the podcast into the DNA of everything else I think you're really good case study for somebody who's done that well and invested a lot in. I think a lot of companies hear that and they're like, oh, well, yeah, but it's so much work. You got to get the social clips. You have to produce it. But Drift, I know, at least when DG was there, like they're outsourcing some of that, right? I, like you you can find reasonably priced help for a lot of that work. You can, yeah. So we work with um, an amazing agency that does a lot of the audio editing. Um, you know, they'll, they'll add like the intro and outro yeah. clips and music, um, so it, yeah, I feel like you can be smart about it and you can outsource it. And, you know, like you said, somebody has like a tiny, tiny team. I think you need to look for agencies or freelancers to partner with to get more stuff. Oh, yeah. Find Pete, there's great people on Upwork or Fiverr. Like even if you're just starting out and you might not have the money for an agency, there's, there's always places to look to find people that can help you with that stuff. Um, last thing, and you, you hinted at this earlier, members only content, content play three. And this is Drift Insider, right? This was... Yep. This has been around a couple iterations or it's kind of evolved a bit over the last couple of years, but like, tell us about the members only content and how that's been a, a strong play for Drift. Yeah. So we have a lot of like product training content specifically lives in there. We also have a lot of certifications that live in there. So you can get conversational marketing certified, conversational sales certificate, certified playbook certified. So if you're a you know, a product user, like it, you definitely want to be an insider. You want to use your Drift account um, to access insider. But we also have more like brand or top of funnel content too, like the virtual event certification. Uh, we have a series called No Filter where it's it's interview based. Um, we have some other training. So it's just another format. It's more much more heavy on video. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's our effort to build this community of marketing and salespeople. And it's, this is our third year. Um, so Colleen Kozlowski, she's, she's in charge of it. She's done an amazing job building the community. And, um, in the next year, we'll probably roll, we're going to roll out a bunch of updates to make the experience even better, more personalized. So do you have to be a drift user? You I, you I, don't, you. I don't think sorry, my tech I know early the reason I ask is early on I remember it was paid like the very first it, iteration so it wasn't of it always, there was a paid version but yeah. it wasn't always paid the whole thing wasn't paid you hear paid. that I'm so sorry no that's okay yeah. <laughs> people okay. get it yeah the, the notification I don't know how to shut them off on my computer <laughs> I feel really like a net well troubleshoot in real time I think you just right click 
go to options. No, I tried that. It still keeps dinging. Well, I'm not very popular, so I'm sure I won't get many more. <laughs> Just tell whoever to stop texting me. Seriously. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's not. It is. It's not exclusive just to Drift customers. It's not for customers. I think you might need a free Drift account. I really should know this. I mean, that's um, smart though. Like that's uh, like especially if it's a free account, right? Good way to get people into the product and engage, exactly. engaging with the content more. But yeah, I remember the first iteration of it was like ten bucks, and so not. But that was just to access some of the content. You said that was for Insider Plus. Insider Plus so is that still around? With that. It's not around, no. Okay. We sunset that. Um, I think, like, Clash Studio? Yeah. We tried that out for a year, um, and we just, you know, didn't see the need, I guess, for that. I think it's hard to, it's hard to monetize a content community, I think. Right. The New York Times could tell you as much. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. right. But they've had a lot of success, you know, in the last, like, couple of years. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that seems like it's been something that's, that's actually evolved in a good way then. Uh, I like the idea of tying it into a free account, especially, right? It's a low barrier of entry, gets people into the product, gets people, you know, uh, leveling up, you know, in terms of like their education and the things that you're already publishing about. So I, I like that play. Um, so you have one full-time team member, like dedicated to building that out, you said, Colleen? So she manages a lot of the content, um, mostly around the certifications. And then she manages like member experience. Um, she runs like a weekly newsletter to tell people what's going on in there. And then we also have like events. So we do like certification hour, um, which is a way to kind of generate a lot of people getting interested in actually getting certified in certain things. Um, and then she manages the community like discussion boards. Yeah. So there's like, interviews and stuff in there too i would get i would guess there are interviews. yep yeah, cool. yeah and we're thinking about how can we like use our podcast in there right now um you know what clips can we put on youtube what clips should we put with an insider can we create new series from stuff that we're already doing so just like what how we're using the podcast in all these different ways can we also use content that we're creating anyways to kind of um feed the calendar for insider or can we share like more exclusive insights you know do we have just a preview and then we put the full episode in insider yeah i was gonna say if you already have like so and so for an interview if you're like okay this episode's over but if you want to hear the 10 minute like exclusive stuff right like head on over to drift insider that would be that would be a good push for i know i've done stuff like that listening to podcasts before um mostly like more pop culture related ones that are like, Oh, go listen to this. It's on a paid platform. I'm like, all right, fine. Um, it's a good way to like actually get information from your podcast listeners. Right. Because right, yeah. it's like the podcast, like metrics and analytics is so like bare bones right now. Um, it's kind of hard to, I feel like it's hard to say, okay, I want to start a podcast. You can't really like prove the ROI. Right. 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 The ROI is the just ROI. the people bringing it up that they've heard it. Like exactly. I was, I've told this story before, but I was at Inbound a couple years ago and I was standing in line at a Starbucks in inside the convention center and I ordered my coffee and then, you know, you go off to the right and you wait for your, your coffee and the next guy comes up to order his, he orders his and then he comes stands next to me. He's like, Hey man, I don't want this to be weird, but like, I recognized your voice because I listened to the podcast and I was like, that's not weird at all. <laughs> like, that's, that's like, it's like he recognized my voice ordering coffee and I was like, okay, like that's. Like you mentioned earlier, the intimate experience, like people get to feel like they know you better than just because they, you know, other than reading your blog post. 
And there was several other people that came up to me that day and was just like, oh, I listened to the podcast. But like that was the coolest because it was like the guy just recognized my voice. And uh, that, that was just a, a funny, a funny experience. Um, okay, I'm, I'm officially muting this. <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> You're 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 just like leveling up all your technical stuff today. Skype, text messages, and and I got I got a different computer, and I also today figured out how to get my mouse to sync with it, which was like a three day process (laughs) too. So this is going well for me today. Yeah, I think you're you're killing it. Yeah, you're ready for the remote revolution a year in, right? Like you're totally. (laughs) All I need is like a proper office chair now. Right. Oh yeah. I literally, the one I'm sitting on, I got from the curb. Which are one of those things that's like ridiculously expensive. Like you, when you go to research them, you're like, oh, how much is a chair? Like how, and then you look at it and it's like triple whatever you thought. And you're like, what? It's a chair. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. Since we're, we're doing the remote thing, I guess forever now. So I kind of need to move my office out of my bedroom at some point. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. Um, last question though. Um, then we'll let you go. Uh, a lot of people like to ask this question in the group. It's something we geek out on sometimes. How do you come up with con- how do, like how does the team come up with content ideas, right? Because there's so many different inputs. You could look at search data. You could listen, look at customer support tickets. Um, and I know Drift is a little more when you know has you know transitioned a little more up market these days. So that you could say that's even more challenging. So like, how do you come up with ideas? How does the team come up with ideas? Yeah. So. First, I would say we're just super lucky because everybody at Drift, because we're, you know, selling marketing software to marketers, it's like in this mindset of like, this would be interesting, or I need content on this, or my, you know, person I'm trying to sell to says like, I need some information and you don't have it. And then sales is really good at just kind of sharing that in our marketing Slack channel. So we get a lot of ideas from people throughout the company. Um, kickoff or like all hands events are always really inspiring. Um, so the, the content team is just super good at jotting down notes, like anywhere and everywhere. I use Trello, they use Sana, we have a spreadsheet. Um, but I just feel like we constantly have are building out this backlog of ideas to pull from. And honestly, like we have more ideas than we can produce. Like we can't write for all of it. So we're actually really lucky in that way. You also have a shit ton of chats you could look at too, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we have, um, I've, we have like a Slack channel called marketing swipe file and I've turned that into a post, but that's all really good fodder. Like, I mean, we have like a thousand Slack channels, I think. So there's just more information than we could ever need. So we're really lucky in that way. And there's obviously the normal stuff like product updates. We do some, um, you know, inside drift content, which like highlights people who work at drift. And those are for recruiting purposes. We get a lot of content from DC. We use some of the stuff from podcasts. We turn a lot of our webinars into blog posts. Um, and then we just have like general, like training content, general marketing, best practices, sales, best practices. When, COVID was starting. Um, I think we wrote 20 new blog posts just directly related to like remote, virtual, um, digital first in March. And like the span of a couple of weeks was just insane. We changed our entire like calendar around. So I just feel like we're never lacking for ideas. That really was smart. That. Yeah. Especially with Drift's product that, yeah, that was smart. Totally. Yeah. Everybody's online. So your, your website right. really is like your storefront now. Right. Right. Gail, this was awesome. Thank you for coming on. I'm glad we finally got to, to hear some of like the inside stuff on on Drift, yeah. channels that are working, distribution, the plays. Thank you for being open and, and sharing everything. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I hope it was helpful. This was really fun for me. And uh, 
come check out drift.com slash blog slash books. We got it all for you guys. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely go there for inspiration. And uh, I'll just say that the funniest, the funnest part of this is that someone's going to read through this transcript and get to the part about chairs. And that part is just making me laugh. Um, yeah, well, if anybody has any recommendations <laughs> for chairs, you can tweet me at Gaxlero. <laughs> I am really in the market. Also a desk, a de- really anything. So any remote setup, let Gail know. Yeah, my setup is pretty sad. <laughs> S- send her the links. And also, if you know the difference between a white paper and an ebook too, throw that throw that out there too. Because, oh yeah, let us know for l- sure. Yeah, okay. Gail, this is great. Thanks for coming on. All right, thanks so much.